This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo tabbouleh, real potatoes and vegetables, with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini ziti, granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, this is going to sound so funny, I was a fan of you when you only had one million followers on social media. Really? Yeah, when you had nothing. Um, (laughs) One of the most fun people to watch cook on the socials, Um, she has over three million followers on Instagram now. How many on TikTok? TikTok, I don't even have 1 million yet. I think it's like 800. Very weird progression of things. But I have a harder time on TikTok because I can't really use the music the same way. So the videos, I think, don't turn out as good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Much more limited. That makes sense. So I'm able to make better videos on Instagram. I'm still not done with the intro, by the way. Just so you know. We're still on the intro. (laughs) She's a person who cooks absolutely beautiful food. Her food looks stunning. I'm sure it tastes great. And she flips you the bird somewhere in her videos, and we love it. Please welcome Olivia Tiedemann. Olivia, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Okay, so before we get into all your stuff, um, why don't we check out your fridge? You guys can see Olivia's fridge on my Instagram, at StandUpDan. Why am I nervous about this? Because it's like going through someone's underwear drawer. It's very... (laughs) exposing it kind of is looking at it like this yeah and we're gonna close up in as well (laughs) we're zooming in okay okay let's start at the top row here uh Mm -hmm. you got your arugula you got your mixed greens um Mm -hmm. you got your hip trader joe's lemon elderflower soda (laughs) well you missed the most exciting thing that was in between those two things this over here it's like a package in like white butcher paper what is that it is a it is a big ass prime Dry-aged ribeye. Mm. How many days? How many days dry-aged? You know, somebody else picked it up, but I would say it was a, it was probably like a 50-day. It was a really good one. I got three of them, and we cooked two already. Um, wow. Really good. 50 days is a funky... That's a funky... That's a funky steak. That's how I like it. Yeah, same. Uh, and then you've got this fancy pants tonic water here. Mm-hmm. I did like a deep dive on tonic water, and like... This one has real qu- quinine in it, which is like the active ingredient in tonic water. So you've got like the good real stuff there. Mm-hmm. By the way, just to clarify, is this your home fridge or this is the fridge at the of the client that you are a private chef for? This is my home fridge. So I actually just moved, which is why it looks like I'm in a white box. I mean, wait, so. I, th- this gives you a couple more points because I was like, I, uh, I dated a private chef for a while. And I know that you guys just have fully stocked fridges because like you have to. But this is all your stuff. This is by choice. Yes. This is me. Wow. And I don't really eat here very frequently. Okay. But wonderfully stocked. You got those expensive ass Vital Farms eggs. Is that what those are? Mm-hmm. That would be that. Mm-hmm. That would be that. Uh, fancy bread. 
love a good fancy mm-hmm. bread. I love how everything's fancy to you. I mean, you have a fancy ass fridge. It's a pretty fancy fridge. I like that. There's some non as bougie things like, mm-hmm. you know, you got your Tropicana instead of your cold pressed uh, juice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're slumming it. You're slumming it with <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, Starbucks iced coffee. What is in this uh, orange Tupperware? That is full of rice. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty boring. Sometimes I do like mm-hmm. meal prepping, and the pot is full of what goes with the rice. I just didn't have another container. <laughs> is that an all clad? I'm going to use the word fancy again. Is that a fancy all clad pot? That is a demiere, which is like a mid range. I would say maybe I shouldn't even say that. It's a really nice fucking pot. They sent me a bunch of stuff, and I like it all. Um, so mm. it's not. As fancy, I don't think, as an all-clad, but it's really solid stainless steel. I like like your influencing. You're like, oh, no, wait, they sent me this. I have to – it's the best (laughs) thing I've ever cooked with, ever. I'm so used to having to explain things to people now, but also if I actually like the shit, I will will always plug good shit. They didn't pay pay me anything. Just gave it to me. So I have gotten better about not plugging the shit. I used to plug everything. I was like, because I'm addicted to influencing. I always say that. I'm like, just send me all your <laughs> shit. And then I was like, I'm oh. hawking like, <laughs> I'm hawking like kumquats. I'm like, these are the best kumquats. <laughs> like, why am I doing this? Just pay the $3 for the like, fucking kumquats. Your speech pattern changes, right? Or like, you know how to talk about things in a different way. <laughs> oh, yeah. kind of fucked up. Yeah, I try not to do that, but I guess I just did it. No, you definitely cha- – it, it, it definitely changes us. Mm-hmm. You'll just be talking of like, yeah, so um, I was cooking yesterday. And there's this olive oil I have to tell you about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, the key is, the key is uh, making it seamless so no one knows where the influencing starts and where mm-hmm. it ends. Just selling 24-7. All right, you got some cher- – you got these cherries – we're zoomed in so far right now. That one lonely shallot. <laughs> I know. Look at this little baby shallot all alone. Not, not even in the crisper. That's a pathetic fucking shallot, I'll tell you right now. I got those shallots from Whole Foods, and I was filming mm. something, so I needed things to just come before I woke up. I ordered it. I ordered a bunch of shallots. They all came. They're like this big. Fuck am I oh, supposed really? to do with that? I was so upset. So I haven't been using them. They've been scattered around my place. Now it's just, what are you just hoping that it grows in here? <laughs> it's I'm, I'm hoping that one day I find the courage to try to peel it. I mean, it's a tiny, it's like the size of a pinky. It's a very tiny, mm-hmm. it's a cute little baby shallot. Thoughts and prayers with the shallot. Thoughts and prayers. Okay, then you got your, you got a couple flatbready things here. Mm-hmm. Little tortillas, um, if you will. Is this like some sort of... Like a beef gelée. Mm. So this was like, I tried to make similar to like a non prick. I made like a jam, uh, a chili jam of some kind. Made a little mm. bit too much of it, so I put it in the fridge. But I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. So it's just been kind of sitting there, possibly fermenting. Yeah, I definitely put stuff in the fridge. I'm like, I know I'm not going to use it. I'll just wait till fungus grows and then I'll throw it away. <laughs> I feel terrible about that, though. So I just check every day. <laughs> check every day. I'm like, has the fungus grown? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, crispers. Solid crispers. Potatoes. Do potatoes need to be in the fridge or can they be out of the fridge? I don't actually think they do, but I don't like shit on my counters. So I just put them in there. And I go through potatoes so quickly. It's like if they're not supposed to be in there, they're not even going to know because they'll be gone. <laughs> Are you a big potato person? I do. I love potatoes. They're so versatile. 
There's so many things in the potato. Someone is influenced by Big Potato. Just I hear it. The voice changed. <laughs> <laughs> they're great. They're nutritious. They're delicious. <laughs> you know what? You think you're onto something. Once you start like being part of this world, you're not allowed to like things anymore. Otherwise, it's no. just a sales tactic. Like I'm not allowed to like potatoes anymore. And you're right. It does sound that way. <laughs> you know, it's sad. Like I love this hot sauce. <laughs> it's called Yellow Yellow Bird Hot Sauce. <laughs> And I give them so much fucking free press because I actually do really love it. And then like we've reached out to them and we're like, do you want to sponsor the podcast? And they're like, we just don't have the budget for it or whatever. It's come to a point where I'm like resentful of them because I give them so much press and they won't give me. Uh-huh. They'll send me a fucking bottle here and there. But I'm like, hey, fuck faces. Like I'm <laughs> hawking your stupid hot sauce all the time. Right. And now like I, I, I use the hot sauce and, I, and I, I get angry whenever I use it, even though I love the hot sauce. It's tough. It can kind of take the purity out of things you just like, you know? know. And then even when you are talking about it, people are probably thinking that you're gaining from it, even though you're not and you're upset about it. Do you know what I mean? There's so many things like that I like or I talk about or I use all the time. And it's because I I cook a lot. I like ingredients. There's you know what I mean? It's like you're gonna see brands in my videos. They're not all ever paying me. Very few of them are. You know, and anything that you like becomes like instantly like, oh, my God, she's selling shit now. It's like, honestly, no, (laughs) not really. You just use a lot of shit. And it's like, again, I want to clarify. I love yellow bird hot sauce, but I hope they fucking go out of business and never work again. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Fair. (laughs) Fair. Just kidding. You guys are great. So this is the cheese crisper. You got some Parmesan over here. Mm -hmm. I think I spy some Parmesan from the rind. Undisputed mm-hmm. king of cheeses. Mm-hmm. This looks like a fun, semi-soft. I love describing cheeses is always so gross and porn- pornographic. You're like, I'm like a super hard, semi-soft. <laughs> super hard and nutty. Super hard Creamy nutty. Creamy finish. Triple cream. <laughs> I definitely have no soft cheeses in the fridge, though. I think that's a Gruyere. This looks kind of soft, no? I think that's a cheddar. I made a mac and cheese the other day. So I used like half mm. of a bunch of cheeses. So I just kind of wrapped them up. But they were all hard. I hate soft cheeses for the most part. Big secret. Really? Mm-hmm. Was that the mac and cheese that you posted about recently? Yeah, that one. That one. Man, you went hard mm-hmm. with that one. I love mac and cheese. You were showing that macaroni that cheese was the boss. You just kept fucking like, take some more fucking cheese, you motherfucker. <laughs> I fucking love cheese i am such like a cheese hound mac and cheese is like legitimately one of my favorite things you can't really eat that all the time though because like you will have a heart attack yeah it's so heavy it's almost uncomfortable to eat but i love anything super cheesy so i had fun with that one how do you feel about fancy mac and cheeses i feel like for a while it was like lobster mac and cheese and then it was like truffle mac and cheese like they were taking Mm the people's food and <laughs> turning mm-hmm. it into like banquet hall Louis the 14th style stuff. And I don't know how I felt about it. I'm not the biggest fan of like a fancy mac and cheese. I am a firm believer that a mac and cheese needs to have like a slightly fake taste to it. Like all mm. the cheeses that I use, a lot of people were commenting like this is $700 worth of cheese. I was like, I used American cheese. <laughs> it's American cheese, like Cabot cheddar and like Gruyere. That wasn't even a nice one. I don't think really nice cheeses have a place in mac and cheese honestly you don't want it to have like a super sharp flavor you want it to be like kind of just creamy and decadent and like familiar 
Yeah. You know, that's what I have always liked about it. And the more you try to like play with it and make it fancier, you kind of tend to lose. So I, I like to find a, a middle ground. Like I use very mid range cheeses and, you know, I have a little fun with maybe a topping or something, but I always have much preferred like really kind of cheap mac and cheeses to really silly over the top mac and cheeses with tons of fancy cheese and bullshit. But truffles are always good. And it's there's something about like um, processed cheese that they just like pump it f- with more like cream content and whatever the fuck they put in it that makes it melt like plastic. <laughs> like mm-hmm. stay together. Like it's um it's really it's good stuff. I'm a bougie fuck, but I am definitely an unabashed fan mm-hmm. of, of a pre-sliced American cheese for sure. I so agree. That, and this is maybe, you know, damaging to my reputation right now. But I like American cheese. It belongs in certain places, like on a burger. Yeah. In a grilled cheese. Yeah. It's American cheese. USA. Right? USA. There's something about it. No, no, no. I'm with you. But you also have Mexican beer. Look at all that Team America. And you got the Mexican beers. You got your Coronas <laughs> here. Which I'm a huge fan of very light beers. Like Mexican beers, Japanese beers, crisp, light, mm-hmm. cold as fuck. The best. To be fair, I don't really drink beer, and my friends were over my place the other day, which is probably why my fridge is as empty as it is, and yet so full of liquids, mm. um, because my friends were over drinking, we had like a little brunch party, and somebody else brought those. So you can't blame me. All right. No, I'm not blaming you. I love that stuff. <laughs> All right. You've got an, another thing that I don't normally see in the fridge. Uh, maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Is an inside the fridge mm-hmm. or an outside the fridge thing? You know, I just tend, once I open something, like I put it in the fridge. Yeah. I don't know if that's incorrect for everything, but like if I even am questioning it, I'll just put it in the fridge. Like I don't think it hurts. And yeah, maple syrup could probably like stay out, but I feel like then it gets all sticky and like crystally at the top. It's like, I just don't want gross things in my house. I get so I just it. put it in there and it stays cleaner. I get it. You know? I think that maple syrup is like one of the most delicious things. And I just realized I made a Dutch baby yesterday, which is... Did you? <laughs> which is a really fucking disgusting way to say a puffed, uh, a puffed crepe, <laughs> basically. But like Dutch baby in the oh. oven, like it just like... Ugh. Anyway, made mm-hmm. a Dutch baby love making them and i didn't have any maple syrup and it made me so sad i had it with like powdered sugar which was fine sounds like it wasn't fine i think maple syrup's mandatory in a situation like that also dutch babies are kind of overrated now like an eggy pancake you take that back you fucking (laughs) did you what did you love it i love a dutch baby it's so easy to make it's just eggs Mm -hmm. flour vanilla uh, you don't even need to put sugar in the batter. And then it, the sugar usually comes at the end and it's fun. It puffs up. It's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like a fun, I, I always feel like it's a fun idea, but then like actually sitting down and eating it, I've never been thrilled. But then again, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest on like sweet breakfast things. Yeah. It is a little annoying to eat, but it's pretty. Okay. And that's all we care about. Okay. I'll, I'll let you have it. <laughs> Thank I'll you. let you have your Dutch baby today. Right next to the maple syrup. Uh, anchovies, I'm guessing? Mm-hmm. Anchovies. Yeah. Got to have those. Um, I feel like I should get a little more credit for spying that. Like, literally, all you see in this picture is a little cap. And Yeah, that was a good one. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> you must be familiar with the branding. <laughs> yes, Is exactly. it sponsored? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, oh, we love Genovese anchovies from the Genovese people. Um <laughs> 
The yeah, if any maple syrup companies are listening, I would love to influence for you. Send me some fucking maple syrup. Uh, <laughs> is this influencing, or is this just uh, you happen to get yourself some? Uh, oh, that some uh, <laughs> pasta sauce from what is arguably the most influenced pasta sauce these days, the Carbone spicy vodka. Listen, I I have some standards in my life. And I, as a chef, will not be using jarred sauce. However, they I'm sure it's good. I don't know. They sent it to me. Yeah. Um, they just sent it to me like as a gift. And I put it in the fridge. I didn't know what else to do with it. <laughs> One of these days I might try it. But no, it is not influencing. You will never see me selling sauce that uh, somebody else makes. I make my own sauce. Can I tell you something? I First of all, I'm with you 100%. But I woke up hungover the other day. And I didn't feel like fucking open a opening with a can opening some San Marzano's mm-hmm. and then steeping it with basil. I didn't want to do any of that shit. And I had some like, mm-hmm. and I had some truff, a spicy arrabbiata. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm just going to pour this shit out, <laughs> dump it in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was wonderful. It was great. Yeah. And I like hate truffle. I'm like not a big truffle oil fan. Like I think it's kind of, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it did the trick, you know? It was like a fun mm-hmm. hangover food. No, you're judging me. You're judging hard. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I, okay. I mean, one of these days, I'm going to try it, too. It's just that I, I think the concept of sauces, like, pre-made bothers me. I think it's my mom's fault. Are you Italian? I am. Well, my mom is Italian, so I guess I'm half. Okay. My mother was also a chef, so I never... That this is the kind of item that would never have like come near my life yeah. ever, you know, yeah. a jarred sauce or anything really like that. So it's just weird to me. I had a bougie palate from a very young age. Yeah, as you should. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, solid fridge. Anything else here that you want to influence <laughs> or talk about? <laughs> anything that um, I'm missing? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think the only exciting thing in here for me was the big steak. And you didn't even know it was there. Well, I'm sorry. It's like wrapped in a piece of butcher paper, like a like a scene out of Dexter. Like it's a murder scene. <laughs> and I thought it would be like a mystery. And you'd ask me. And I'd be like, well, that's, <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, that's we my can, big ass ready? steak. We're going to take this again. We're going to edit it in. Right, so it's right. going to be like we didn't even have top. that. Okay, here we go. <laughs> hey, Olivia, I got to uh-huh. ask, what is that thing that's in white butcher paper that uh, i'm so thrilled that you asked yeah why don't i show you okay everyone olivia has gotten up she's going to the kitchen she's grabbing something i assume she'll be back in a second this was not planned oh it is a ribeye look at her wow it is a dry aged ribeye Look, that you see nice. how the meat, the fat is like just a little bit yellowed? Mm, yeah. That's what you want. You want your meat to be old. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she's going back in the fridge. <laughs> That's her. Very proud. Can't fucking wait to eat this later. Olivia is working on her meat influencing. We're going to give her some new adjectives <laughs> to use other than <laughs> you want your meat old. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think my dream would be to be meat influencing. Oh I'm my very God. meat heavy. I'm a meat heavy, meat heavy type of bitch for sure. Yeah, same. I feel like this is going to make me seem like bougie, but like my favorite meats are probably duck and lamb. I love a good Ooh, lamb. Those I are great choices. Duck. Yeah. I love a good duck too. 
That's pretty underrated. I feel like that'll people try it. I think that it should take over Turkey on Thanksgiving. I've been saying this for years. Have you? Who the fuck wants to eat a turkey? Yes. This is like an agenda that I have in my family every year. Why are we eating turkey? Turkey sucks. Yeah. It's dry and it's terrible. This past year, actually, I made a duck. We got a whole duck and I roasted the duck alongside the turkey because I was like, I'm just not doing it again. No way. And then my mother threw a fit and nobody ate anything. But <laughs> the duck was cooked. The duck was cooked. <laughs> Cooking a whole duck is a little complicated, right? Because everything cooks at like a different temperature and you're going to get mm-hmm. fucked on something. Something is going to not get the, yeah. the the right treatment. Usually the breast is going to be like a little gray, and but it's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, ducks, if you roast a duck whole, like it's juicy enough. That even though the breast is not going to be like medium rare, it's still going to be so fucking good. Like a whole roasted duck has so much fat around it that mm. you might be like hitting an internal temperature that's too high for it to be pink still. But the juiciness and the flavor is all still there. It's like when you cook a duck breast in a pan, you're having a different experience. Yeah. And that is when you really want to get it like nice, medium rare and perfect. But it's all right. It's no big deal if it's the duck like gets fully cooked when you roast the whole thing. It's it's so good. It's so good, and it makes me feel like I'm in like a Charles Dickens novel. I'm like, yes, a roast duck for, <laughs> uh, for the poor. Come, gather around, children. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Feel a little bit bougie. So I know a bunch about your career. I've, I've watched a couple videos, but you're... Uh, so I don't want you to necessarily repeat shit that you've said at other um, podcasts. Because, again... Just real briefly, you are a private chef. You did work in kitchens. Uh, you've stumbled upon this uh, social media fame almost perchance, like by mistake, and it really took off. Mm. And it's very exciting, and I love that you've actually curated this brand. And you are doing it the right way, by the way, because I heard you saying on another podcast, like, I think this, you know, I'm charting my own path rather than like getting a show on the Food Network or whatever. And I'll tell you, as a former host of a show on the Food Network, uh, yeah, it sucks to be to not have the control that you have right now. So mm-hmm. kudos to you. But what I was fascinated by is like, as a comedian, like I'm like, she's actually funny. Like you're actually very funny. You know how to edit comedically. I don't know. Like a lot of chefs, especially, try to be funny and they fucking fall flat on their faces all the time. So I'm like very impressed that you can be funny. Like where did this, uh, did the comedy come from somewhere or just like, again, is it just like perchance? Well, first I want to say, I'm so glad that you understand that like, it's literally just joking. You know, I think there's so many people that miss that and think I'm just being this bitch. It's like, no, I'm being playful. Like I'm playing around. Yeah. So it's nice to hear somebody say that like, they kind of get that side of it. It always feels 50-50 split, people being like, this is so funny, or people being like, why are you so mean? And it's like, it's just playful, you know? So thank you. Um, But the comedic element, I guess, like, just found that I really enjoy editing the videos. Like, Hmm. I would just record, and the way that this started, right, like, I would just set the camera up while I was working, move it around with me, and then I wasn't intentionally filming anything. And then I knew that I would have a bunch of footage that I could look at later. And then I just figure it out as I go. And I just sort of edited it like how I wanted it to be. And like, I felt like it was something that I understood why this was just it's not like laugh out loud funny, but it's like, hell, you know, I don't know. You, you get why the clips are put together in a certain way. 
And I just enjoyed it. Like I liked making the videos and I love the editing and making them into this little thing. So I don't know how it evolved, but it just was just like that. I just yeah. knew how I wanted them to be, you know? It's great. And also I'm on a crusade against like food people like taking food too seriously. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's why I gravitate towards your videos so much because the food is unbelievable. Like it's really beautiful. It's well plated. You can tell that you know your shit. Like you absolutely know how to cook. But it's goofy and it's fun. And like I think that that kind of dichotomy of highbrow, lowbrow to me is like chef's mm-hmm. kiss. It doesn't get any better. So anyone who doesn't follow Olivia, like I, you got to follow her. Like it's it's some of the most fun food content uh, on the internet. Thank you so much. That's a part of it that I like so much too. It's like the world of food is so serious. And it's like, yeah, chef, like I bow down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yes. It's gets a little over the top. And like, I used to work in restaurants and I, I had a rough time. Like I didn't like that shit. And I've just never been the type of person to be like, I don't know. It's, I like playing with the unseriousness in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, nothing really matters that much. Yeah. Have fun. You know, we're just cooking. It's really not that serious, you know? So I, I like that part of it too. And it's, it's so nice. And other people reiterate what I think. I appreciate the compliments. Yes, I am amazing <laughs> at what I do. <laughs> Dry aged steaks are usually about double the price of a non-aged steak. Typically they're aged for 20 to 60 days. However, the most expensive steak in the world is aged a few days longer. Years actually, 15 fucking years actually. There's a guy in Paris who has a third generation butcher shop called Paul Mard where he throws his steaks in a special fridge that blows air at 75 miles per hour at a temperature of negative 45 degrees Fahrenheit, and he will keep those babies in there for up to 15 years. You can only buy his steaks in Paris at the butcher shop, at his restaurant, or in one restaurant in Hong Kong that sells them. The price? I mean, this is insane. $4,000 per steak. What the actual fuck? It's egregious. It's disgusting. It's almost my birthday. Somebody get me one, please. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're going to get to the questions that I ask every guest, uh, starting with, what is your earliest food memory? Okay, my earliest food memory. So I did a little research for these questions. I just told you how much I love cheese. And when I was a kid, I would always go to like this pork store with my mom in Brooklyn, um, Faico's or another one. Yeah, I was going to say, is it Faccio's or Faico's? Faico's, yeah. And... um, they would feed me little pieces of provolone cheese, like at the counter. And I was a little kid and provolone was like the stinkiest cheese. And I loved it. So that's definitely a big memory for me. Eating mm. the cheese at the store. That's a good one. 
All right, let's come up with your death row meal. So you're on death row. Maybe someone from that pan company、uh, came over and said, "Excuse me,、uh, you we you didn't influence that the way that we wanted you to." And you're like, "God damn it, I can't take it anymore!" And you smack him over the head with the pan, and it's surprisingly effective at killing, him, you know, because it's made with a, a stainless steel core. Okay, and that core gets the job done. It's very firm. Yes. So now you're on death row. What is your death row meal? Okay, my death row meal. It's got to be steak. There's got to be a big ass steak. Got to be a ribeye too. Probably even just like the one I have in the fridge. Oh no! Are you dying, Olivia? Are you dying? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Let's hope. Definitely like some really nice sauce, like a really traditional jus. A little truffle in there. Who knows? We're feeling fancy. It's my last day on earth. A potato gratin. I think I just go all heavy. Like my favorite is shit. And then a cherry pie,、mm. a little bit of vanilla ice cream with real vanilla beans. Cherry pie, not that shit from the can. Like somebody like cooked cherries, you know. And I have to be dying during cherry season. This is critical. <laughs>、uh, Warden, we have an interesting request uh, from uh, the person on death. She would like to wait until the third week of spring <laughs> to be executed. <laughs> And then, very importantly, I would be washing the whole thing down with a very nice bottle of Tanqueray, and we'd forget that any of it ever happened. Hold on, hold on. I was on board with you up until a bottle of Tanqueray, just like raw gin, warm fucking gin. You're just. <laughs> it could be warm if it's my last day. Yeah, I'll get through a warm bottle of gin. I'll get through a warm bottle of gin on a fucking Sunday. On my last day on earth. I can definitely handle it. Yes, maybe a lime. <laughs>、yeah. Can I get a bottle of Tanqueray <laughs> with one lime? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd sit around with my pie scraps and I'd drink it. I love it. Okay, so what is the best high-end meal that you've ever had? Best high-end meal I've ever had. I feel like it's so tough.、Um, I was racking my brain for this. I went to a really nice dinner last night at this place called Coat in the City. Oh yeah,、um, Korean. It's it、like、was a fancy Korean steakhouse. Yes, it was great. It was honestly really good, and it's fresh in my mind because that was last night. But another place I would love to shout out that recently went to、um, was Porcythia. It's like little artisanal pastas and things. Small place in the city. We went there. Sometimes small places are putting a lot more effort than these big places that already have a huge platform. You know, it's little hidden gems I like to find.、Um, this place is so so good. I love pasta, and it was it was great. For Scythia,、um, mm-hmm. I like that. It's in、name. Lower Manhattan.、Um, hold on, I'm looking it up just for fun.、Uh, for Scythia, oh, a、uh, for Scythia is a flower. Did you know that?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just googled for Scythia, and all these flowers came up.、Um, <laughs> wow, yeah, this looks great. It was so good. Highly recommend. Check it out. Yeah,、And、I think we got a reservation. Like, we might have even gotten that reservation like same day.、Mm. Yeah, like a handmade tortellini for me is like that's. I like to eat shit out that I'm not going to make at home, and I'm not making that at home. <laughs> you know, I so agree with that. It's like if I can't do it better at home, I don't want it. Or did I say that backwards? Like I like to go eat places where they're going to do something that I can't do. Hundred percent, which is limiting to you because you can do most things. I mean, for me, I'm like a decent cook. 
I'm good enough where I get disappointed enough where when I go out, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I could have made this better. Um, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to steak. I feel like steak mm-hmm. is so easy to make well if you have a good steak, like the one that you have in your fridge, that I'm like, if this steak isn't fucking perfect, I'm angry because I paid way too much money for something I could have made better. Which is why Cote is actually a good place because it's like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. make a fucking fancy-ass huge Korean spread with all the banchan and this and that. That's a, that's money well spent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was, it was so, so good. So many things, you know? So many things. What is your <laughs> favorite high-end, uh, low-end meal? So we're, if we're talking low-end, like, I might say something kind of controversial here, but I, I will get to that. There's this little place in Southampton where I've been working all summer, and it's cheap, <laughs> especially for Southampton. Like, everything there is I lo- so By the way, I don't think anyone has, start- anyone has started answering the low-end question with, there's a place in the Hamptons. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was in the Hamptons all summer and I was just like, it was my first time working there. I'd been nothing before. So I was pretty broke. So like on my little days off, I wasn't going out to the bougie Hamptons places. So once in a while I'd go to this place and it was called local, local burger. Um, so good, like so good, cheap. And it's almost so shockingly cheap considering where it is because everything in the Hamptons is so expensive. Mm. So it's cheap for anywhere. And it was cheaper there. And so cute. They have like these salt and vinegar fries that like I would I will stay up and think about all night. Wow. Really good. Chicken sandwiches too, like little hamburgers. It's like Shake Shacky vibe, but just so good and like smaller scale. Like it's not a chain, you know? It's just such a cute place. I love. Fun. Uh favorite drunk food. You're a drinker, I assume, just based off of your death row meal. And the fact that <laughs> oh, you assume. I love well, well, a lot of the things that you cook, you're like I'm hungover again. Time to make <laughs> You do a lot of hangover meals. I do. Those are fun. We'll get to those in a second. But now we're doing favorite drunk food. So favorite drunk food. Favorite drunk food. I love a taco. I love a greasy food. And I think when I'm drunk is one of the only times I'll allow myself to eat it. Like a little hamburger. Sure. Late nights. French fries. Mm. All the classic shit, honestly. When I'm drunk, it's like, because I do try to eat relatively healthy. So drunk food is anything, anything devious. I like it. All right. Now it's the next morning. You're hungover. You've cooked a lot of wonderful hangover cures. What is your favorite hangover cure? Okay. Among my favorite hangover cures. And, you know, just as a true New Yorker, bacon, egg, and cheese will cure fucking anything. Like a bacon, egg, and cheese and a Gatorade is all I need. Yeah. So that's high up there. Bacon, egg, and cheese and a bagel really good. But even just the bacon, egg, and cheese, I'm so picky about foods, but I will eat a bacon, egg, and cheese from like any deli in the city. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. It's like an immunity almost. <laughs> it is. It's funny. I don't think I've ever had a bad one. And it can be the grimiest bodega and they have their little yes. tiny flat top that's like they roll it in and <laughs> it's always It's like so some good. teenager. Yeah. Yeah. But it, any, I would not eat a single other thing that came out of that place, but I'll eat the bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah. Like, I'm so picky about what I'll eat from where. I'll eat the dustiest bacon, egg, and cheese in, <laughs> in Bushwick any day of the week. The dustiest. <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't, and by the way, I don't want the eggs to be cage free. I want those chickens caged. <laughs> I want them in a tiny ass yeah. cage. I want the cheese want to come from cows that have been giving all the hormones. <laughs> I want the bread to to have so much preservatives in it that it'll the shelf life is like 
eternity. That's what I want. Exactly. <laughs> that's what it is. You're, you know what? You really nailed it there. There's some <laughs> things that that's perfect for. Who's your favorite celebrity chef? As someone who's probably a lot of people's favorite celebrity chef these days, who's yours? Oh, my gosh. It's crazy to even say that. I would say people that I've looked up to for a while. I mean, there's so many big ones. Have, there's this one lady I watched on Top Chef years ago. So my mom is a chef. So we watched all of Top Chef when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like obsessed with Nina Compton. Like, I don't know why I just was so into the way that she cooked and just the person she was in that season. And I followed her like online ever since, which was so long ago. I don't even know who Nina Compton is. She's pretty small, but I don't know why. That's somebody I always tend to want to talk about because that, I feel like watching her season, watching her, she just had such a chill vibe about her. She's so confident, Mm. not at all cocky, like just a really good fucking chef. And I always like admired from a distance. I love it. That's a great shout out. Yeah. Nina, if you're listening, you're invited on the pod. Who is okay? What is your desert island food? Now you are trapped on a desert island. There's one food you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You are never going to get tired of it. What is the food? This is so hard. This is this was a hard one. I've been thinking about it for a long time. Okay. I mean, I feel like if it's just what I'd never get tired of, I might have to pick like steak. But if it's like based on my survival. If I eat steak three times a day for the rest of my life on a desert island, I don't know what would happen to me. Right. You know? Yeah. That's okay, though. We're not, we don't have to take it literally. Like, it doesn't have to be like a coconut water for the electrolytes. <laughs> um, I might steak, say, though, you would never get tired of steak. I feel like on day four of steak every day, you'd be like, oh, I, need, I, need a, <laughs> I need some greens. <laughs> I'm like oddly good at separating like food from like, flavors to just what it is and like i eat a lot of meat because it's good sustenance yeah. and i like the way that it tastes more than i like the way that you know vegetables taste so i don't know i would probably have to pick like steak or maybe like one living cow and then it could feed me forever well okay you're taking this desert island thing very literally <laughs> um <laughs> you're like well what am i gonna feed the cow with i need we need <laughs> We need feed. The helicopter is just going to drop in a steak, uh, you know, your weekly ration every week. It drops it in, which begs the question, why doesn't the helicopter just save you from the island? Mm, That's a a great question. Sadistic helicopter Fuck the helicopter driver. For real. (laughs) I think maybe that's why he got very offended that you called him a helicopter driver and not a pilot. And he's like, (laughs) I'm a pilot, goddammit. And he just like, just drives away. Well, that's really, really immature of him. I hope he thinks a little bit more about his feelings. <laughs> he has, he's has such a grudge. This nine one one helicopter drive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, steak it is. I guess I'm just a big steak girl, huh? Can I tell you something? As someone who's from New York, lives in LA now, it's very refreshing to hear someone who's unabashedly a fucking fan of steak. Like, good on you. <laughs> oh, is it a thing? Are we not allowed to do that anymore? I don't know. Everyone here has their bullshit, you know? Like, everyone in L.A. has their thing. And it's like, I don't know if it's gluten or if it's meat or it's this or that. It's like, leave me alone. Let me have my steak and bread. Is there a food you can't stand eating? Yes. I hate mayo. What? Mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh, very non-chefy answer. Very non-chefy answer. I know. 
it's almost embarrassing because it's an ingredient in all, in all kinds of things. It's like cooked in something. It's fine. But like straight up mayo, like that shit sits in a jar on the shelf. Maybe this is why you're asking me all those things are in my fridge. I get skeeved by things that aren't refrigerated. Hmm. Like the fact that mayonnaise stays like on the shelf in the grocery store for like months before going bad, something's wrong. Like I'll make a mayo from scratch and it's okay. But like Hellman's like out of the jar, never sponsored. Don't call me. <laughs> um, excuse me. We're never uh, influencing that. Mr. Hellman's, if you are listening, I do love your product. <laughs> I will hawk it. <laughs> um, interesting. You know what's? You know what I've been doing lately? I've been leaving my butter out on the counter like a fucking pilgrim. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like a pilgrim. Well, that's fair because that's not even spreadable. That's yeah. okay. Okay. Last question. This is my favorite question. Uh, what is or what are your restaurant pet peeves? Okay. Well, I would come from the point of view of having like survived them or experiencing them. Hey, this is your journey. This is your moment. <laughs> okay. You go where you want to go with this. Probably just like the culture of suffering that restaurants push. You know, it's a pretty, pretty silly. I should be careful, shouldn't I? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have a great time. Yeah. So it's like the the whole the bear type shit you're not into. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's bullshit. I think people don't really get paid that much in restaurants and so much is expected. And there's so many people that have a really hard time. And it's just like you start to believe that your life depends on like a bunch of fucking strangers dinner because, right. you know, people are yelling in your ear and pushing you and you're there so much. You lose sight of your life. And it's actually it's very toxic. And they, the more you're willing to suffer, like the more they'll squeeze it out of you because nobody's really making that much money in restaurants and especially not them, but they'll do a little bit better if they can just bleed you a little drier. And well, that would be my restaurant pet peeve. Wow. All of them. Olivia getting very serious on her restaurant pet peeve. Most people are like, I don't like a wobbly table. <laughs> and you're like, this culture must you became like a social justice warrior. <laughs> well, I have a lot to say about this topic, actually. I, I don't always know how, but, you know, I didn't have a good time. People always ask me where I've worked, and I never want to tell anybody. Yeah. Because one day I will have so much to say, and I don't want anybody You hear that, to Chipotle? Know. Olivia's coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> She's holding it all in. That's right. Chipotle, McDonald's, Taco Bell. Taco I'm, Bell. I'm on, my, I'm on my way. Well, look, I am such a huge fan of yours uh thank you so much for being on the podcast i'm very happy for your success uh i i always say like it's it's hard for people to get successful with something that you can tell they're not passionate about and it's very infectious your your passion when you're cooking and you're like oh she really loves what she's doing and she's good at what she does so uh thank you for that um is there anything that you'd like to promote i know that you you're making it you're slinging aprons <laughs> Uh, I do have an apron collab with Headley and Bennett with the middle finger. Love that. Um, oh, but other cool. than that, I don't have too much. I'm not selling to my people right now. I'm just kind of building up my little world. Yeah. So definitely check out the apron. But other than that, I'm I'm solo at the moment. Um, by the way, Ellen Bennett was uh, a guest on the podcast a few months ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's a great person. Well, congrats again. You're the best. Thank you, Olivia. Uh, this has been wonderful. Oh, what are your socials? Give your socials out to the people. Oh, um, Olivia Teed on Instagram and Live for Pasta on TikTok. And I just started building up my YouTube channel because soon 
hopefully soon. I'm going to start doing some longer videos over there. So check me out on YouTube, Olivia Teeds. Awesome. Thank you. Double middle fingers to everybody. Thank you so much. Double middle fingers to everybody. It was so nice to meet you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.